0: I'm Zeke Binion. And I'm Matt Rich. I'm a product designer and founder of CodeForDesigners.com.
1: I'm a front-end developer at TableXI, a UX design and software development company located in Chicago.
0: And this is ProductShip FM, a show about what it takes to design and build products that people love to use. Today, we're talking about trust. Trust underpins just about everything we do, especially on design and development teams when we're working on a project together. Trust can affect the way we work with our business partners. It can affect the way we work with other developers, other designers, and everyone in between. The first question I'd like to start off with, Matt, is how do we actually start to build trust within a team? Ooh, yeah. This
1: is a this is a meaty topic, um, and I think I think first off, I'd like to say that we should all do trust falls. No, no. <laughs> no that's actually a, a a pretty big point. I think we would need to hit on is that or when, you th- when you hear you know the the phrase you know building trust, we need to build trust. Your brain kind of immediately goes in sort of that direction the cheesy take on how we build trust and going to seminars with your team building exercises. And you know, some of that stuff probably maybe helps, but there are some more logical ways that, that you build trust just by kind of going about your work in some particular ways that can be really helpful and, and actually not, not as I say painful because it's painful to me, but not as painful as those sorts of you know trust <laughs> trust trust building exercises. We know Zeke. We've had conversations about this quite a bit over the years. Yeah. Um, but there's there's something about focusing on on what we would call like producing good work and defining what good work is, and having your whole team kind of point at the same thing and just that little magical idea sort of in a roundabout way will we'll help, you know, kind of foster this trust building inter-team dynamic. Would you say?
0: Yeah, I would say so. I think, you know, when people talk about trust, we kind of talk about it uh, in a single dimension as if it's one unified big concept, but there's a difference between professional trust and personal trust. If you start to think about, um, think about this, this sort of application of trust in a different context. Sports for me, because I'm I'm a huge sports fan. My favorite team of all time was probably like the 96 Bulls. Um, Rotman was just come in. Phil Jackson was doing his Zen master thing. Jordan was, <laughs> you know, killing the game. But when you start thinking about this, you had someone like Dennis Rotman, who was, you know, Randomly disappearing and going to Las Vegas. <laughs> I see where you're going with this. <laughs> like, <laughs> and like this team had a lot of trust still on the court together.
1: Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I would never thought about <laughs> thought about that as an example. I was wondering how you were going to wind that back to the topic, but yeah, that is very true. Like we, you know, going and getting a beer and and you know that personal relationship building is a very different thing than building trust in a professional atmosphere
0: yeah if you know for for any team professionally it's it's about delivering good work making sure that you know you're doing that consistently i mean that that unlocks a lot of other doors for your teammates to begin to trust you Um, because we we sort of look at i think as a, a worker or as a person on a team you can start to think about well, I don't know if this person trusts me or if I trust that person. or. If, and when you start to unpack it, it's, is this person going to call out for help when they need it? Or am I going to get the thing I need on time? Um, is it going to look good? Are they going to trust me to give them feedback? But a lot of that is a reflection of also the way you work. Getting team members to trust you by doing all of those things that you look at them for uh, is I think one part of this key to unlocking it, right? Yeah, well, and, and what we
1: say doing good work, and that's a bit of a generic term, but yeah. good work means different things to different parties of the project. Good work from, you know, the designer that I'm working with's perspective is that I, as the developer, am implementing the designs that have been created in, in the way that that person intended. Yeah. And once I'm doing that, then I start to gain trust from from the designer, yeah, you know, and then the reverse is also true where you know designer should probably loop me in on some conversations about some choices that are being made and and you know I want to be included in some of that process and and then once you know once I'm included in the process and I start to just kind of i I trust the work that's coming you know from from the designer and and that sort of back and forth goes across all all aspects of the project and I guess w- the, the point is that good, good work is different at different little subsets of the project. We're not no. talking... I mean, the end product will likely be better no. as a result of this kind of things. But um, good work means a lot of different things when we're talking about the full scope of a project. And I think that's an important thing to call out when we're talking about doing good work.
0: Absolutely. I think you know, one of the most important things you can do actually to start to build that trust is defining what good work means. There's some research that... Uh, I've seen uh, unfortunately I can't remember the exact source but it was part of a talk that Kim Goodwin gave on uh, really you know changing company culture and changing business culture that was geared around this this idea of what what are the most important things to change what are those levers that you can pull as a, a an agent of change within your own organization to move the needle and begin to ensure that everybody, one, builds trust, but then also can you know, unite around the same vision. And out of that research, they, they found that a lot of times people kind of focus on something that's really incredibly hard to change and maybe not as important to change, which is you know, how do we decide uh, on things? Right? How, do we, how do we make decisions? What's that process like? One of the most important things to change is what what does good mean? Um, and it turns out that's pretty easy to change. Good could be, you know, a front-end developer just having a conversation with a designer and that happening happening more frequently. But even when you think about like the little pieces of a project, you know, we've all had those projects that are just not great, especially if you're working on agency work, oftentimes you're going to get stuff that you don't necessarily agree with the, the direction that's being provided. But you can look at little pieces of that project and pull out things. Um, One project that we kind of talked about earlier was uh, a project for a company that did a lot of work that we frankly didn't agree with, but we also got a chance to explore performance budgets out of that work. And that's that's this concept of measuring, uh, wow, how do I do a quick summary of performance (laughs) budgets? uh a performance budget is this idea of looking at the the overall performance of a website um, from a speed and efficient a speed to the device standpoint and breaking that down into its various components and ensuring that you're effectively delivering the fastest thing you can by um, limiting you know things like images or the weight of JavaScript and making sure that they everything is balanced against each other that for us was a huge win we didn't love the project but being able to do a performance budget and seeing what that looked like was was a big win
1: right and that's a good positive thing and as weird as it sounds that kind of ended up building some trust amongst some team members just that the act of doing that sort of activity yeah you know that specific example then you sort of prove some things like uh you know, we wanted to try this. We found some really useful data. Now we have that. We're armed with that knowledge that we can use that going forward. So then the next project, when I say, "Hey, we should do a performance budget," people trust that that that's a positive, good move to make. You know? Yeah. So there is a bit of like a silver linings thing, maybe with, um, you know, you you can find good things if you if you work hard enough at <laughs> at them, even in the most <laughs> I don't know uh, bad project is not the right word, but you know what I mean. Like the projects you're not. You're not the most excited about, which we all, you know, hit those from time to time. Yeah. So, what are some other ways that we can, you know, kind of help build trust within a team, do you think, Zeke?
0: One of the things that I think is the most important is just working out in the open. That means a lot of different things, depending on what your role is. I, When I think about working out in the open as a designer, sometimes this might mean physically posting sketches out. On the wall for everybody to see but it can also mean just simply working side by side with my front-end developer and sketching some things out or working side by side of whoever's doing research in the project and just helping to catalog things for them when i talk about work, working in the open as a designer it's about sharing both the knowledge and a stake in the final outcome
1: right so just like the simple act of working in the open, you're just bringing other people into the fold, maybe not always directly, but just the fact that there there is some like, uh, you know, they're seeing how the sausage is made sort of yeah. makes you feel a little bit more a part of the process.
0: I think so. I think it also contributes from a very beneficial standpoint. It contributes a lot of knowledge to the project. Oh, sure. Um, you know, I've been in UX for I, well, I've been designing websites for like the past decade and I don't know everything and it's often you know I'll go work I'll sketch something I've done it with you in the past and I've gone oh yeah I wasn't thinking about this in the right way
1: right so, <laughs> so it it's, can be kind of a self you could take a selfish slant at this too it, it actually helps you do better work too but yeah. you know by including more people in the process and as a result the fact that you would you know sit down and take some time and sketch out an idea with me and you know let me help you think through something that you're working on that in turn sort of makes me feel more you know i'd like all right zeke's got this under control he's really thinking about this you know i'm i'm happy i'm psyched that he brought me into the process and and so i mean from a from a developer working with a designer perspective i that definitely impacts how i you know view the, the design work in a project like all of a sudden you have more trust in it when it's not just like handed to you with no <laughs> with no context <laughs> when you actually are somewhat of a part of the creating of a particular design i mean i think that's great yeah um sort of the and, and you tell me tell me how, how you feel about this but i've i feel like i felt the reverse of that be pretty impactful too when we're talking from you know a designer developer relationship on a project so something that i've done more and more over the over the years is looping in um the designer on a project more often with when the work when i'm doing work so yeah similar to what you're talking about but sort of different technologies Mm -hmm. that we're dealing with but you know working in smaller chunks and making sure that there's a way for um the designer on the project to see that stuff i'm sharing screenshots of the of the app we're working on, you know, very vocal about, you know, the phase, the stage that we're in with the work that we're trying to do. And yeah, and even further down the line, making sure that, you know, I'm looping in the designer to help me, you know, do like polishing work. Like, let's, you know, adjust spacing and tweak colors and do all these. Th- Basically, I'm trying to, I want to make sure that the designer feels very involved. Yeah. Because I've I felt the reverse of that is just a designer feel, just like seeing the end product and it's just done. <laughs> There's no, <laughs> and, and then they're like, oh, well, that's. I mean, for one thing, sometimes you need to see the thing, I, I assume, <laughs> for, for, you need to see the thing fully developed to be like, oh, you know, that that's not quite right. I think I, we should change this, This, you know, even though it was maybe implemented the, the way that you intended. Yeah. You're like, oh, well, I, I want to tweak that a little bit.
0: Yeah, or that one was a bad choice.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and you catch those earlier on, right? If we're having these sort of regular conversations and you're we're all involved in the same process. And then also, and and this happens, where, you know, a developer will need to make choices for whatever reason, uh, technical or otherwise, and then not, you know, not talking to the designer. And then all of a sudden, the designer sees the end product and like, oh, God, that's not, that's not what I made. (laughs) And that's that's terrible. Like that, I've been on the receiving end of that, of that feeling before where it's like, all right, this person does not trust that I'm going to implement this at all uh, in the way that they intended. And that, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not a good way to. To work,
0: yeah, I think it it does it does wonders for building trust. It's I have this sort of weird advantage in that because I am a developer as well. Oftentimes, when we're looking at stuff like this or uh, in scenarios where designers wouldn't normally see the final outcome until it's done, I'm always in there talking with a developer because that conversation informs the way I work. I mean, there's often things they're considering that I just I don't know because I'm not in the code, I'm not in their code base, and I'm just a, kind of a naturally curious person. But I think that opposite um, turn of it from a designer talking to a developer, not even just sketching with them, but just going in and seeing the code, seeing what they're working on, seeing what they're prototyping. I think to some degree, I think that probably does a little bit to build trust as well. Oh, for sure. I mean, this
1: working out in the open idea, working more out in the open is just, we're talking about it in the context of building trust because I think it genuinely does do a really good job of doing that. Yeah. But it's just, it's like a win, 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 like everybody wins, (laughs) you know, (laughs) when this happens. Like this only, this only helps, you know, a project be successful. I mean, in my, in my experience anyway, Yeah. Uh, it's never gone the other way it's not like oh boy i just i saw way too much design work happening <laughs> that was like this, that threw me off no that's not how it works it's it it's it always has a positive impact impact
0: yeah i i know it certainly makes a lot of um positive inroads with your project manager as well
1: oh for sure yeah we're talking in like designer developer back and forth here but yeah i mean and and even with a with a client with the stakeholders you know involving them more as part of the, in part of the process. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, only, only benefits. So just do this in general, <laughs> even if you feel like your team is, has got a substantial amount of trust, you're only going to get better with working more out in the open. Absolutely. Um, so another big point here of, and uh, trust building is this, uh, <laughs> I was going to say this notion of feedback, which it's not a notion. It's <laughs> It's like, it's a real thing and feedback is really yeah. important. Um, and something I think, most of us are not super comfortable giving or receiving, but it it really has some substantial impact on on your team dynamic and 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 trust within your team.
0: I think feedback might actually be the most critical thing there is to producing good work. I mean, so what I mean in this case by good work, I'm purely referring to quality, um, good looking visual design, uh, great efficient code. You see it across the board in those sorts of processes. Google uh, did a good job of creating this process for design reviews. This is actually something we both used uh, at TableXI. Mm-hmm. But the, the idea of it is, as you start to think about feedback, the most important part of feedback, a lot of people think is about the way you give and deliver feedback which is important. But more important to me is the way someone receives feedback. The way you receive it sort of sets a tone for both the kinds of feedback you'll you'll get from people and also other people's willingness to give you feedback. Mm. I remember going into TableXI. I think I was there for all of about a week. I was invited to participate in a job interview, um, interviewing a candidate. And, Yeah, I made a bunch of rookie mistakes because I hadn't really been interviewing uh, people in a little while, and I also didn't know table exercise format because you know I was there for all of a week. Um, So, one of the teammates, the person I was in the room with after we got got out, because we hadn't really had a chance to work with each other before or talk before, he just kind of pulled me aside and told me you know what his expectations were. Kind of where, what are things I can improve? Where did I overstep? Where did I understep? And he told me that though he's not really a person who's comfortable giving feedback, he thought there was something about my demeanor that made it a lot easier. And I think that thing was when I receive feedback, I'm not instinctively trying to push back, which is this thing that just happens. No one's, you know, trying to be an asshole um, when they do it. Yeah, we got an E rating. Whatever, I can curse. <laughs> um, yeah, it's totally
1: an instinctual thing. Like yeah. as as we're as I'm thinking about giving receiving feedback here, like I I know in my mind, I feel like I, I receive feedback okay as well. Like I think people generally feel comfortable giving me feedback because yeah. I have a pretty similar demeanor to you, I think. Um, but in my mind, when someone's giving me feedback, your 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 brain is pushing that like and this has to be like some sort of evolutionary defense mechanism or something that like, Oh yeah. Well, what about, what about that other thing? <laughs> you, you know, you you kind of go into like toddler mode, you know, trying to justify to yourself what's going on. I mean, and, yeah. and I think, I think most people have that going on in their head to some degree. And, you know, of course, one key is to be able to like tamp that down and not, not actually act on that and, you know, freak out when, <laughs> when you're getting some feedback um so so that's certainly part of it but I, th- I think generally just having this sort of attitude of i don't know everything you have the ego has to be gone you got to get rid of the ego um you know i can actually learn from the people that i'm working with yeah absolutely that's huge and as soon as other people feel like you want to learn from them i mean just think about that for a second like someone else feels like they have an impact on my like personal development and me becoming better at what I do. Like that's, I don't know. I mean, I I think that's awesome. If I, if I get that feeling from someone that I'm trying to give feedback to, like all of a sudden I'm like, Oh wow. They're really, yeah, they're, they're curious. They, they, I have something to offer them. Yeah. They think that's great. That's a really substantial thing. That said, I mean, giving, receiving, giving and receiving feedback is always going to be pretty tricky. It's never super easy. I think anybody that says it is really easy is, it has a different personality type than like most of us probably. <laughs> but,
0: um, <laughs> yeah. Or they've been through the ringer a bit. I <laughs> We talked a little bit about my experience. I had been through Columbia College in Chicago and there's just a giant culture of feedback. I mean, for any Columbia you know college students, you know, we don't give feedback the right way every time. You're asking people who are effectively just coming out of high school to... You know, give professional critique on a design. You're gonna hit the wrong notes sometimes.
1: <laughs> yeah, and that doesn't really change. I mean, you you get better at it as you do it more. But as long as you have the right receiving attitude, that generally people are like on my side and want me to get better, and I want to learn from their experiences, you're gonna come out on the positive side. I mean, some feedback you're gonna get is not gonna be. You gotta have a, feel, a bit of a filter. It's like, okay, yeah, that. And thank you for. Sharing that with me, yeah, you know, it's maybe not relevant to the situation that you're in or something like that, but having an open mind um, about the feedback that you're receiving will make it easier for other people to give you feedback, which, you know, you want, you want to like, you want to foster that and you want more more feedback and then you're going to learn stuff, you know, you're going to, you're going to get better.
0: Yeah. I think a lot of it can be about to just remembering what the purpose of that feedback is. It's there to help you. And I think that's what can get lost sometimes when people are delivering feedback poorly um, or you're receiving it poorly. Your your brain's not remembering that piece of it. This is something that's geared to help you and your work. I think one of the most interesting things I've read recently around feedback was the culture of feedback that Pixar has. Um, if you don't know Pixar, one, you should know Pixar. Um <laughs> But two, they've done stuff like Toy Story. Um, oh, what's my favorite Pixar movie? They've, there's so many of them. But they recently released a book called Creativity, Inc. And it really, in it, they really do talk about what their culture of feedback is. And for um, people who sometimes perceive their the feedback they receive from their teams is uh, uh, not quite the right feedback that they want or not in the format that they want it. Uh, read this book, Creativity Inc. They talk about their culture and their culture is to effectively deliver feedback in a, uh, brutal is probably the wrong word, but in a honest uh, format. It's straightforward. It's to the point. They're not sugarcoating anything when they give it to you, but everyone in the organization knows the purpose of it. It's to help improve the final product. And I think in a lot of ways, that's probably why Pixar puts out such a great films.
1: Hey, we're back to that focusing on producing good work thing and knowing that the feedback <laughs> is always provided in that context, right? Yeah. I want you to be able to produce better work. So here's the feedback that I'm going to give you. You know,
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's a cyclical thing too. I think once you kind of get in the flow yeah. of of that feedback cycle, then everybody's more comfortable with it. You're producing better work. And I mean, that's I think that's the place you want to get to. Exactly. Speaking of the place you want to get to, what does a team with high level with a high level of trust look like? Do you think? I mean, we've so we've talked about sort of some ways to get there, maybe, but like what what does it look like? What happens when you get when you get the trust badge?
0: Well, I think my most recent example of a team with a high level of efficiency was it's the last project I took on before I um, left my old shop at Table XI. And it was interesting. The amount of trust the team had for each other while we were going through a Google design sprint uh, was incredible. And not just our internal team, uh, the format of the workshop was effectively, we had four or five people from Table XI in there, and then we had six people from the client team. And what was interesting is you could see the amount of trust the client team had in each other. And you can see the amount of trust the TableXI team had in each other. And we also somehow developed that trust between the TableXI team and the client team. What it ended up looking like was very efficient work. So what I mean by that is we had this ability to have efficiency in conversation. That's kind of difficult to achieve sometimes. You know, oftentimes you'll get into these meetings and maybe someone didn't like the way a certain question was approached i mean you can kind of feel that when they they respond to the question or when they contribute to the meeting instead you had this this sort of almost yes and happening right maybe that's not the best question to get at the thing we want to get at but i understand what you're trying to get to let me help Get to that point by asking a different question that might get them to give us the answer we're looking for.
1: Right, rather than just like derail the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. You're like, ah, oh, <laughs> no, that was totally wrong. Ugh, yeah, start over. <laughs> right, and when you do, when you're acting that way, then the whole team is. I mean, you're you're all pointing in the same direction. You're like, okay, I know, I know what Zeke's trying to get out of that. Let me help. Yeah, <laughs> instead of <laughs> instead of let me shut it down and do a totally different thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that kind of conversational efficiency, I don't think there's a lot of teams especially for agencies um, that can get there, especially with the rate of turnover, you know, you see at agencies. No, it's it's challenging. Yeah. And
1: there's I th- I think there's some ego-related things that end up popping up into that sort of situation. Someone thinks they have a better way to do something. Yeah. And instead of putting that aside and continuing on the path that we're on, still trying to get the information that we're trying to get to or whatever. Yeah. You know. Like there's, there's something to that too. And I, I don't know how to solve that. I don't know how to solve <laughs> that. You, this is definitely a, a, like, I've, you know, I've been in, uh, on teams that have this sort of dynamic as well. And you definitely, you can just sort of f- feel it. It's like a, it's sort of this palpable thing. Yeah. When something, when a problem comes up, you're like, oh, well, we're going to be able to handle it. It's not a big deal. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah, the the efficiency... Uh, of just doing the work is is really pretty staggering. And, you know, we, you were talking about a pretty specific sort of like conversational um, thing that happens when you have this kind of dynamic happening. But, you know, that also spills into like just actually doing the work itself. Absolutely. Um, from a designer developer perspective, working in those sort of tight cycles like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Uh, you're just, you're, you're producing like production quality work much faster, the work that everybody's happy with. Um, there's less... Like, oh, you built that thing. That is not the thing that I wanted you to build. You did it wrong. Now we have to like start all over. You know, there's n- that you lose efficiency seriously quick when that kind of stuff is happening. You you cut that stuff off much more quickly when you're working. You know, out in the open more closely together. That kind of thing. And frankly, you have the trust between between teammates to that the right work is going to get done.
0: Yeah, developers tend to work together pretty pretty much as a standard way of operating designers don't Um, oftentimes as a designer, you're kind of the only one on a project Um, from the way the hours shake out. It typically happens that way. And so designer to designer trust um, that can be difficult as well. But when you see it working well, it's kind of a bouncing back and forth of an eye of ideas. And, you know, we talked a little bit about ego, but you can see, the lack of it between the the pair working or however many designers are working together. You're constantly challenging ideas, changing ideas. Again, it's all aimed at that one purpose. We wanna make the right product for the client so no one's kind of stepping on someone's toes out of ego, it is out of respect. I like what you're doing here, Maybe this might level up that that idea by adding this or tweaking this, right. and if we're
1: all on the same page of like, of trying to build the best thing we can build, then if a better if if someone else suggests a better thing than the path that you were going down, then great, I don't yeah. care like that's <laughs> we're trying to build the best thing we can build. I don't care where the the idea comes from, yeah, yeah, you know?
0: I'll admit I sometimes I'm jealous of like the idea someone had,
1: and <laughs> yeah, that, for sure, that's okay. <laughs> I would have gotten to that if you'd have just given no. <laughs> oh no, yeah, that's okay. When you're when you're working on in this mindset, you should be happy. Like, oh yeah, that is better. Awesome. Let's let's go down. The, yeah. Let's do that. Let's do that instead. Keeping that
0: in my rolodex for later.
1: Yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, and all of this sort of ends up creating this really nice positive environment, which. Uh. If you've worked in a negative environment, you just know that it just kind of sucks. It's not, it's not fun to work no. in that space. When when things are going well, it's fun to work on those projects. Yeah, and when and be, and why things are going well, or for all the reasons we've already talked about, you know. So you just it, it's
0: just it's nice. It's it feels good. It's fun. Yeah, it it's a lot of fun, and it's I I think in those environments, oftentimes you're going to do the best work of your life.
1: Oh, for sure. And I've even like, even a project that I'm not super excited about the actual thing that we're building, if you can build up this positive environment, you're still having a blast. You're doing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, it's great. You might not be doing the most amazing work, but you're still having an absolute blast at it because, you know, the, it's fun working in these project teams that are that are working like this.
0: Yeah. You know, if you talk about those sort of the energy of those environments, I think Some of that might be built from this idea of having sort of like a learning and teaching atmosphere. Although no one person is ordained in these kinds of environments as a teacher specifically, you have this feeling that you can learn something from anyone Mm -hmm. and vice versa. Someone could teach someone else anything and you could too.
1: Right. And think about the power of that, that alone right there. When when, when everybody's feeling good, we're all learning and teaching each other. Everybody's getting better. Everybody's leveling up all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's a, it's a crazy cycle and once, once people, once you feel what this feels like to work like this, it, you just, it, there's no other way. You know, you take the, what you're learning from one project and it spills over to the next project and it just kind of keeps building on itself. And once you have this sort of culture in the, and people are all trying to work in this sort of particular way, all of your projects become better because you're all te- learning, th- you're learning things from each other all the time. And yeah, yeah, <laughs> I feel like I'm making it sound really froofy and you know, rainbows and unicorns, but I mean, it's gumdrops and horseshoes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is pretty great. It is pretty great when you, you know, can get a, a team that's working like this, I have to say. Um. So now I want, that's all I'm pushing for now. Just,
0: yeah, that's it all
1: the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess we can kind of wrap this up, Zeke. I think yeah. we've, we've, we've sort of, uh, you know, we've talked about trust in general and, and how it's just a, it goes in all directions on your project team. And, and just, it's such an important component to your team dynamic and as a result you end up with you know better work more efficient work and you're just kind of having a better time yeah (laughs) doing the work
0: it's party time party time
1: trust (laughs) thanks for listening to another episode of product ship the show about what it takes to build and design products that people love to use
0: i'm zeke you can find me on twitter at ebinion e-b-i-n-i-o-n
1: and i'm matt you can find me on twitter at m-g-r-e-i-c-h
0: To listen to all of our episodes, go to productship.fm and then please leave us a review if you'd like on your favorite podcast app. See you later.